The Boston Bruins took a bit of a bargain bin approach to free agency this year because, well, they really had to. We're going to talk about the signings they made, the signings they did not make, and what's next for the Bruins here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every day. Fantastic deal. It is free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And today we are breaking down what the Bruins did and did not do to begin free agency here in the summer of 2023. Before we get into that, a quick reminder that you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. That's when Twitter is working, that is, at Locked NHL Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. All right, we have a lot to break down today. So let's get right into it, beginning with kind of an overall look at why the Bruins took a bargain bin approach to free agency. We all know they cleared some space by trading Taylor Hall. They bought out Mike Riley on Friday after uh, the second round, or sorry, the second day of the NHL draft, which we recapped on Friday's show. And despite all that, they still had to take this low cost kind of low risk mid reward approach in free agency look they went all the way in and then some to win the stanley cup in 2023 and they're paying the price for it without the goodwill that would have come with winning the cup everybody thought trading taylor hall would free up space to re-sign tyler bertuzzi but really, they needed that $6 million just to fill out the roster. They had like 9, 10 open roster spots with $11, $12 million in cap space prior to the Riley buyout. There wasn't just not enough money to fill out a roster. So you dump Hall's $6 million and you add Milan Lucic. James Van Riemsdyk, Kevin Shattenkirk, Connor Geeky for $5 million. Look, Taylor Hall wasn't dumped to sign Tyler Bertuzzi. Taylor Hall was dumped because the Bruins couldn't afford players like Tyler Bertuzzi and Taylor Hall. Tyler Bertuzzi was always a bit of a luxury, right? The Bruins went above and beyond the cap ceiling to bring him in using LTIR when Hall, Nick Foligno, Dare Forbort were hurt later in the season. Bertuzzi was looking for term and he didn't get it. He settled for a one-year bet-on-yourself deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is extremely 
unfortunate, disconcerting, unsettling, upsetting. And blaming Don Sweeney is a way to go there. Perhaps the Bruins could have done more to make it work with Bertuzzi. Maybe you move a Matt Grizzlick or Derek Forbort or both to make it work. But the choice is ultimately the players in unrestricted free agency, right? Maybe Bertuzzi just wanted to play closer to family. Quick drive up north to where he grew up. He played junior in my town, which is just about an hour west of Toronto. The choice is ultimately up to the players. But it really felt like the Bruins had a plan here. They wanted to keep both goaltenders, which it looks like they're committed to doing. Prioritizing a defense that led the league in goals allowed per game last season. Going for low-cost forwards. And, of course, keeping the door open for Patrice Bergeron. And they weren't going to move heaven and earth for a guy who seemed to want term and cash. Again, it sucks to see Bertuzzi sign in Toronto, but don't discount his choice in the matter. And he didn't get the term that he wanted. But the Bruins weren't going to sit around and wait for him to make a decision and be left out in the cold with nothing. You can argue the merits of the guys that they brought in versus a Bertuzzi, but it has a trickle-down effect as well. You still have to fill out the rest of the roster. He was a luxury. The LTIR grab to optimize their chances this year. The cap space just isn't there, especially if you're prioritizing keeping the goalie hug going. In my mind, the Bruins clearly won't be as potent offensively, but they'll still be strong defensively. Don't forget a full season of Charlie McAvoy and a fully healthy Brad Marchand to begin the season. They're keeping the best goalie tandem together, and they will have much more flexibility to add up front next summer when the cap is expected to go up, and they already have a ton of room, and there'll be more prominent forwards available. Don Sweeney went all in and then some in 2023. They're going to keep paying the price for another year or so at least with the cap repercussions, with that draft pick going to Detroit, top 10 protected. But I'm not too mad about what he's done to maintain some balance. It hurts to lose Bertuzzi. It hurts to see Dmitry Orlov sign a deal in Carolina, Garnet Hathaway going to Philadelphia but mostly because they didn't win in black and gold. To put it in perspective, Bertuzzi's one-year deal is worth about a million more than the bonus overages the Bruins are absorbing for Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. It's also about a million more than the raise David Pasternak is getting. So add that up. You add the extra cash that Pasternak's getting, the 4.5 million and even still the Bruins have now about 6.2 million dollars to add three players to the roster Jeremy Swayman Trent Frederick and ideally Patrice Bergeron that's going to be incredibly tight even with only that 6.2 million dollars and we'll talk about what's next later on in the podcast After the break, we're going to discuss the guys they did sign in free agency. But first, a quick word about today's sponsor, our friends over at FanDuel. 
Now, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. They're the official sports book of Locked On. And right now, you can take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball with FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. So if you bet $20, you'll land $200 in bonus bets if you win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting everything from money line to over-under to who you think is going to win the first home run, or hit the first home run, sorry. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And when you win, you get paid instantly. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. No better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. Tomorrow, continued coverage of the Boston Bruins offseason. We'll catch you up on whether they make any further moves here today, get you the latest from the first day of development camp, which begins here on Monday. Maybe look at some players to watch in that camp as well. But let's continue now with looking at the guys the Boston Bruins did sign in free agency, starting with, of course, the return of Milan Lucic. One year, $1 million AAV plus $500,000 in available performance bonuses. He had 19 points, 7 goals, 12 assists in 77 games for the Calgary Flames last season. Drafted 50th overall by the Bruins back in 2006. And you can't help but be moved by how happy Lucic is to be back in black and gold. He was traded by the to the Kings in June of 2015. Spent one season there, three seasons at Edmonton, last four in Calgary. And he said it feels like he's coming home, coming back for the right reasons, coming help coming back to help the team continue to progress and chase another cup. He's confident in his abilities to be able to do that. Uh, he even went out and bought his own Bruins hat. He was so happy um, to be back with the team. Um, he sent Don Sweeney a picture of himself at 12.01 that he actually went to the mall and bought himself. Don Sweeney said he felt like bringing Luch back to Boston was the right thing to do for all, all the reasons. He feels like he has a lot of juice left. He did just help Canada win a world championship gold. He can provide a real jolt of enthusiasm, bite to the lineup, a little bit of space if someone's breathing down Pasternak's neck. In a perfect world, he never would have left, but those decisions were made, and now they bring him back home, and they're very happy about it. Let's not pretend our, that he is going to be a major contributor offensively. Um, he did have 10 goals, 21 points in 2021-22. If they can get 10 goals out of him, maybe 15 assists, He's going to bring a lot of excitement to the table as well. And uh, I, for one, am, am pretty excited to see Milan Lucic back in black and gold. It's creating some buzz. Him in that centennial jersey. Oof, it's going uh, to be a joy to see. Now, before 
Lucic was announced, the Bruins signed James Van Riemsdyk to a one-year, $1 million AAV. I had even forgotten that he was available and was pretty pleased when they made that signing. Spent last several seasons with the Philadelphia Flyers, 12 goals, 17 assists, 61 games for Philadelphia last season. His production has taken a hit over the past couple of years. His career highs in points and goals were set several years ago as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Don't discount the fact that he played under John Tortorella last year and he didn't quite mesh in that system. Hopefully he's freed up a bit to do his thing under Jim Montgomery. Get to the front of the net. Um, get to those dirty areas, bang the puck in. And he said he was ultimately looking for two things, a team where he thought he'd have a good chance to contend and a spot where he thought he could be a good fit with how he plays and what they need. The Bruins were a team that was high on his list because of those reasons. And uh, he said he even received messages from Trent Frederick and Milan Lucic welcoming welcoming him to the team. Uh, Van Riemsdyk was a second overall pick back in, uh, what was it? 2000 and uh, when was it? Anyways, he was the second overall pick back in the day. And he has had a very impressive career playing with Philadelphia, Toronto. 2007 is when he was picked. Uh, started in Philadelphia, went to Toronto, went back to Philadelphia, and now lands with the Boston Bruins. He said the Bruins, ever since he's been in the league, they've been a contender and standard a culture that you want to be a part of. He thinks he has a style of game that he can bring some net front presence, some smarts, hockey sense, definitely fits in well with how the team likes to play and how Jim Montgomery tries to coach the team. Uh, he can be a component on the power play, tough to defend again in front of the net, and guy who played at UNH coming back to New England and very excited to see him in black and gold as well. Again, you're not going to replace Taylor Hall, Tyler Bertuzzi straight up, but remember, Tyler Bertuzzi only played a small amount of regular season games with the Bruins. They were still a juggernaut without him. Taylor Hall was being paid $6 million for a third-line role. These contracts are more in line with where these guys are going to play. And I'm not saying they're going to get similar production to Taylor Hall, but I'm not not saying that there's a chance James Van Riemsdyk is pretty successful here on this one-year deal with the Boston Bruins. Now, on the back end, the Bruins lost, of course, Dmitry Orlov. He went to... Uh, Carolina, Connor Clifton, the third pair right-hand shot went to the Buffalo Sabres, a three-year, $3 million per contract there with the Sabres. To fill that hole, the Bruins brought in Kevin Shattenkirk, one year, $1.05 million AAV, 34 years old, last year played for the Ducks, four goals, 23 assists, um... 891 NHL games, 460 points, all-star back in 2015. And 
He's no stranger to Boston either. He played three years at Boston University National Championship in 2009, where he assisted on the overtime goal in the title game. Uh, he acknowledged, you know, the Bruins had a special year last year and it looked like a lot of fun playing hockey in Boston. He wanted to be a part of it. And same with Van Reems, like Shattenkirk. They want a Stanley Cup. Uh, Shattenkirk won one with Tampa in a little bit of the same role. And uh, hopefully he's stepping into that here. The other Prominent signing was uh, Morgan Geeky. He's a younger guy, 24 years old, two years, 2 million AAV. Played his first two seasons with the Hurricanes. Spent the last two seasons with the Seattle Kraken. He went in there in the expansion draft, as announced by a friend of the pod, Chanel Keenan. Uh, he set career highs in goals, assists, and points. Nine goals, 19 assists, 28 points in 69 games. Um, and he helped the Charlotte Checkers win a Calder Cup back in 2019. He's a third-round pick from 2017, and Sweeney hopes that he will kind of expand his profile, elevate his game, given the opportunity with the Bruins. He played just over 10 minutes a game on a really good Seattle team, and that's pretty good production. He could still have even better five-on-five production if um, – given more minutes. He could play on the bumper on the power play as well. Good release as a right shot, similar to, of course, Patrice Bergeron. Um, his size, hockey scans, hockey sense, puck skill abilities, he'll be able to integrate into the group well. He's a big centerman. He's played a wing as well. Frederick could go in the middle of the ice. He's a left shot. Now you have lefty-righty that might be able to go into the third line and provide some depth scoring. Features another guy who will hopefully push. Mark McLaughlin has played center and wing. Georgie Merkulov is there. And uh, they can pin their ears back, come in and take the job, and move the pieces around as we see. And that's another reason why the Bruins went bargain shopping here. They want to be able to give their young guys opportunities. So this isn't a case of, oh, the Bruins are shutting the door on their young guys. And we'll talk about that here after the break, as we also mention another signing or another couple of signings that the Bruins made depth-wise. All right, let's talk about Patrick Brown for a moment. He signed a two-year deal with an AAV of $800,000. Played last season with the Ottawa Senators, four goals, eight assists. Um, he is also familiar to Boston hockey. He spent four seasons at Boston College, helped the Eagles win it uh, to the national championship in 2012. Spent five seasons in the Hurricanes organization, Checkers captain from 2016 to 2019. 19 goals and 35 points in the year that they won the Calder Cup. He's a good, detailed player, Sweeney says. Kills a lot of penalties, which is important with Thomas Noshik not likely to come back. And, again, provides that depth that they need. Um, the Bruins lost, like I said, Orlov, Clifton, Jack Sean. 
He went to Colorado. Chris Wagner was signed in Colorado. Garnet Hathaway. Una Koppinen went to Pittsburgh. Vinny Lettieri went to uh, Minnesota. So the Bruins lacking depth at the AHL and NHL levels with some of those guys leaving. And now there's an opportunity along with signing forwards Jason Magna and Anthony Richard, as well as defenseman Parker Witherspoon, to create some competition internally for those spots. Listen, none of these guys are really guaranteed their spot on the roster. Because of the nature of their deals, very low cap hits, they are variable in the AHL. So, if McLaughlin... Beecher, Merkulov, maybe even Fabian Lysel knock the Bruins' socks off in training camp, then there's opportunities for those guys to make the roster. Jacob Lauko, Oscar Steen among them. Um, Luke Tuporowski also signed a two-year entry-level deal with the Bruins. Uh, looks like he'll probably start again in the AHL, but he's a guy who could come up. Now, when it comes to Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, Sweeney said they still have to hear a final word from both guys. They're keeping an eye and an ear out for that and cross their fingers that maybe that falls our way. There was a report over the weekend that David Krejci was considering another return to Czechia to play in the World Championship in Prague. I still think it's more likely that Bergeron is back than David Krejci. Uh, Jeremy Swayman, he said... He's been very consistent about where he wants to play hockey. Don't see why he wouldn't be playing hockey in Boston now and moving forward for a long time. Really good young goaltender. We're excited about having him and Linus Ulmark. So when it comes to what's next for the Boston Bruins, well, those are the two big priorities. Resigning Trent Frederick, resigning Jeremy Swayman, and hopefully adding at least one of Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. Likely, it will be uh, Patrice Bergeron. Looking at their cap-friendly page, they have those three roster holes to fill and $6.2 million in available cap space. Now, they can go 10% over the cap. They don't have to be compliant until day before the regular season. And really, they really do need some help down the middle. Um, I'm not super comfortable going into next season with Coyle and Zaka as their number one and two centers. If you can get Bergeron back, the situation looks a lot better. And again, he's taking his time because of welcoming a new child into the world. The uh, Don Sweeney also said, and I think this is really important, that um, you don't ever feel comfortable with where you sit in July. You don't fully build your team out. You have a lot of ifs, ands, or buts. But with the congestion of the marketplace as it relates to the cap and where we were, I think we did a lot of the things that we set out to do in addressing the depth overall of our club. End quote. So again, the roster is not set in stone by any means. You're not really comfortable with where you sit in July. Remember a few years ago, Boychuk 
Seidenberg, or no, the uh, the Islanders added Boychuk and Letty in September. Like deals can happen. Bios, there's another window later on. But they had to go out there and get some depth players at bargain rates simply to fill out the roster. There's still plenty of opportunities for younger kids to come in and take their place if they earn it. But they've complemented the group with players they felt they needed to fill some holes and address some needs. The goal is to remain a competitive group next season despite the high level of turnover. And with a view next year to being able to be more aggressive. Everybody knew they weren't going to be the same team. They had an incredible amount of depth and they felt they put together a good team, but fell woefully quote short in the playoffs with what our goals were. They're a competitive group. They want to remain a competitive group and with an eye towards the future. And they didn't encumber themselves too badly from a standpoint of contracts. They're going to have DeBrusque to deal with next summer, Lucic, Van Riemsdyk, Magna, Greer as unrestricted free agents, Grizzlick, Forbort, Zborl, Shattenkirk. There's going to be a lot of room to add aggressively next season. So it's not really a placeholder, but if they do stumble, their top pick is top 10 protected. And, um, they can push that to 2025. Maybe that's not a bad thing. If they do bottom out for one year, get a high draft pick, and then come back next season. Again, these guys, Lucic, Van Riemsdyk, Shattenkirk, all said, Boston's still a destination. If you have guys like Allmark and Swayman in net, those are guys you want to play in front of. You have McAvoy, Pasternak as Franchise cornerstones. Those are guys you want to play with. And centennial season, hopefully Bergeron's coming back. Maybe they catch some uh, magic in a bottle. But if not, again, they'll have room to retool next season or next offseason. So that's the lay of the land as it stands here on Monday morning. I'll bring you the latest in terms of any signings or trades that happen check the YouTube page for breaking news videos and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a thing here on Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care, friends. Take care of yourselves.